Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we serve our Lord. Today's topic, what we want to talk about is, do you believe the best in your brethren? Do you believe the best in your brethren? You know, I, I, I got to thinking the other day uh, just about how how our society is, right? You think about we want everything so fast, right? So, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, even our food, right? We got instant this, instant that, instant that, right? If you don't get your food with this amount of time, then you get it for free, right? Everything comes so fast today. And when that happens, when we don't get it in the time that we want to get it, then we start to get angry. Then we get uh, kind of flustered. We get mad. We get stressed, anxiety, all that stuff, because things aren't coming as fast as we think they should. And so, you know, going along with our topic today, do you believe the best in your brethren? I want you to think about think about this scenario for a second. Everybody has one of these, right? Everybody's got a phone, right? And so remember our topic is, do you believe the best in your brethren? Think about this. Think about the last time you texted somebody, whether it's a guy, whether it's a girl, whether it's a friend, whatever it was, right? And when you sent that text, and especially if you have a, if you have an iPhone, right? You send the text and probably about 10 seconds later, you know, you don't get a, get a response. All right, cool, whatever. Then a minute later, you look at it and you see that they haven't even read it yet. And then what do you start to think in your mind? If you're, if you're real, you start thinking, oh, they, how they not see that, right? Then after about five minutes, you, you don't get a response. But then what you see is they read it because you see the red receipts, right? So you're like, oh, hold up. Like, what's going on? Why would you not respond to me? And so then what starts to build up? After each minute passes by that they don't respond to you, you start to make up imaginary scenarios in your head like, man, I guess they really don't want to talk to me then. Or I guess they're trying to ignore me. Or I guess they blocked me. Well, I guess they, you know what I'm saying? You start to make up and you start to believe the worst in that person because they didn't respond in the time that you wanted them to respond, right? And so that's what we're talking about today, but... Think about the topic we're talking about. Do you believe the best in your brethren? When things, you know, when you don't get a response, when you don't hear from them for a while, do you still believe the best in them? Maybe you haven't seen them in some years. Do you still believe the best in them? Maybe they did this, this, and this. Do you still believe the best in them, right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at, we're going to look at uh, a verse in 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to do that later. Um, but before we get to 1 Corinthians, we're actually going to look at the life of Jacob and Esau. And then we're going to see how uh, we can treat our brethren. And these were two literal brothers. But then we're going to kind of make the application of what we can do for each other. Okay. And so before we uh, continue with the podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify if you want more. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen on YouTube. Subscribe to all three of those. Uh, you can DM me on Twitter. You can DM me on Instagram. You can DM me anywhere for topics, for, for anything of that nature as well. All right. So let's let's get into what we're talking about here, right? 
Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 27. Genesis 27. And again, with this podcast, like, you, you know, with those that listen all the time, we use the Bible to help us with everything that we're going to talk about. All right. Every topic that we could ever think of, the Bible has something to say about it. All right. So let's go to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. Now, we're not going to read the whole thing, but let's 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 make this quick recap. Right. So we have Jacob. And we have Esau. Esau's uh, the older. Jacob's the younger, right? And we have two brothers. And from the womb, they were always fighting, right? And then Jacob grabbed Esau's leg coming out of the womb, right? So they were always, you know, they were kind of always at each other, right? Now, in chapter 27, Israel, or Jacob, wants venison. Basically, wants food, right? And so Esau, being a man in the field... He goes out and go gets the food, right? But then Isaac, his mother, tells him, I want you to dress up like Jacob because he was a hairy man, right? So I want you to put this wool over you so when your father feels you, he thinks you're Esau. And I want you to trick your father, right? Because when you do that, then you could get the blessing and Esau won't get the blessing. So Jacob does exactly what Rebekah, his mother, says. Then he does this and Jacob receives the blessing rather than Esau. Right now, when Esau comes back, he realizes that Jacob does this. Then Jacob makes a pot of venison, a a pot of beans later. And Esau, tired from hunting, Jacob says, well, you know, I'll give you a bowl if you give me your blessing. Then Esau. All right. Then he traded his blessing for for a bowl of beans. Right. So notice how Esau feels here. I want you to jump down to Genesis 27. And I want you to notice verse number 41. Notice how Esau feels here about his brother. And Esau, verse 41, hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will slay my brother Jacob. Now, this is between two literal brothers, right? But let's turn this into what happens in the church sometimes. Is there going to be conflict between brethren in the church? Yes, right? Is there going to be conflict between families in the church? Yes. But here's what happens sometimes. This person hates this person. And this person hates this person, right? And then for years, you have this giant grudge because they hate each other. And this is exactly what happened with Esau, right? Esau hated Jacob for what he did. But remember what we're talking about, right? We're talking about believing the best in your brethren, right? And this is going to make sense once we get later on into our study. But here's a misconception that we have uh, about the church sometimes and about brethren. And I heard this actually in a, in a men's leadership um, course, I guess you could say, that we had uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. And we talked about conflict in the church. And we mostly talked about conflict between brethren, right? Sometimes as Christians today, we feel that anytime we're at conflict with a brother, we're in sin. Is that true? Most people would say yes. But 
Is it wrong for brothers to have conflict with each other? And not necessarily. Well, how can you say that? Remember with Paul, when Paul didn't want to take John Mark, but Barnabas wanted to take him, then the, the, the what did the, the scripture say? It said the contention was so sharp between two brethren, right? That this one went this way and this one went this way. The work never stopped, but they went their separate ways, right? So was Paul in sin because he was angry at Barnabas? No. Was Barnabas in sin because he was angry at Paul? Notice what the question was. Were they in sin because they were angry at each other? No. But notice this. Remember the scripture talks about be ye angry. And what does the rest of it say? But sin not. So here's my question. Why would God allow us to have the emotion of anger, but we can't use it? So as a Christian, anytime I'm angry, I'm in sin. It doesn't make any sense, right? So the Lord tells us, be ye angry. So is, is it a sin to be angry? No, it's not a sin to be angry. But where the sin comes is if you sin with that anger. Now, let's let's make a difference here. Anger is one thing, but wrath is another. You see, anger could can be subsided, but wrath, the difference between anger and wrath is wrath, you actually sit on it and you think about it. And you think about it over and over and over. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up, right? And then wrath leads to bitterness. And then bitterness leads to envy, right? So wrath can lead to those things, right? So where do you think Jacob was here? Or Esau? Was Esau angry here in verse number 41? Or was Esau wrathful? Well, how can you say he was wrathful? Notice this because number one, he said he hated his brother. Then number two, he said, I said it in my heart. Remember, we talked about this before. What is heart synonymous with in the scripture? Is it this one or is it this? So he was angry with Jacob in the heart, which means guess who was plotting to do something? Esau. So therefore, he was sinning. Be ye angry and sin not. Then number three, he said, after my father passes, then notice, then he's going to put that anger and that wrath to action. Then I'm going to kill him. So how many times do we do that with our brethren? We may be angry at our brethren. That's, that's not wrong, right? There's nothing wrong with contention. Think about this for a second. Think about this example. And I want to tie this in. And I, I heard um, this guy's actually a, a, a secular speaker. But he was right in what he said. He said, people in the church don't like conflict. And he said, think about this. Think about, uh, he said, think about a football team, right? And he said, you have an offensive line. Basically, those who don't like football, offensive line, they're the big, big guys that protect the quarterback, the guy that throws the ball, okay? And so he said, think about the offensive line. And then think about one person on the offensive line isn't doing their job. 
You think the coach is going to come up to that person? Um, hey, number 76, you're, I appreciate everything you're doing, but can you just do a little better? Can you, can you do this? Can you? No, he's going to say, look, dude, do your job. Because if you're not doing what you're doing, if everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it hurts all of us. So he was saying, the speaker was saying, holding people accountable isn't wrong. But that's what we don't do in the church today. We don't hold people accountable because we feel as if we're being mean to people. We feel as if we're being unloving to people. We feel as if we're not being nice to people. It's not about that. It's about, look, dude, look, if you're not doing your job as a Christian, you're hurting not only yourself, but you're hurting more people, right? So he said, think about this. He said, conflict isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's how you use the conflict to help the whole to become better. Hasn't there always been conflict in the church? Think about the scriptures, right? There's always been conflict. And it's always been handled in a way. But today, we just avoid the conflict overall. We, we can't do that, right? And so notice here, Esau and Jacob, two brothers. What's, what are they having in one word? Conflict, right? So this brother hates this one. So notice how this ends, right? Jump to Genesis chapter 33. Now, this is what happens most times. When one brother hates this one, and this brother's mad at this one, or this family's mad at this one, there's there's kind of like a gap, and it's always there, right? There's always this kind of this tension, right? And then once year after year after year goes by, just like we talked about in that text example before, when you wait on that text and nothing happens, and you start to automatically think the worst about that person, what happens is when you don't deal with conflict, when year after year after year after year after year passes, this one starts to keep on thinking the worst about this one. And it keeps excelling in your mind, right? Believing the best in your brethren, right? Really quick, here's a couple tips of how we can start to believe the best in our brothers. Number one, if a brother doesn't talk to you for a while, if a brother doesn't have a conversation or a sister doesn't have a conversation with you a while, doesn't mean they hate you, right? It doesn't mean they're mad at you. doesn't mean they don't like you. They actually might be legitimately busy. Remember with that text example, if they don't text you back, what's the thing you start to think? Man, I guess they hate me or I guess they don't want to talk to me or I guess they block. You think the worst in them, right? So then once you think the worst in them, then in your mind, you're like, all right, cool. I guess they don't like me, right? So you start to think the worst. But instead of thinking the worst, think about, well, maybe they're busy. Maybe they got this going on. Maybe they got that going on, right? And, and think about, you know, I think about this as well. You know, when I text friends of mine and maybe I don't get a text back within a day or a couple days, you know, you got to think, well, maybe their situation is different than mine. You got to think about their situation. Well, what are you saying? Well, me as a single guy, if someone texts me, I can pretty much text them quickly because I don't have to deal with other responsibilities. 
But if I text a buddy of mine and he's married, guess what? He may not text me or he may not call me back as soon as I can. Why? He's got a whole wife to take care of. He's got a house. He's got responsibilities. He may have a kid. You, you just never know what's going on, right? So you got to start thinking about other people's situations. That's some, some tips that can help us to think the best in our brethren, right? Now, notice this. Genesis chapter 33. Now, after all this time passes, remember Jacob goes to Laban's house. His, he goes there and he stays there for a while, right? Jacob hadn't seen Esau for years. Esau hadn't seen Jacob for years, but they decide to meet. How do you think Esau would feel when he sees Jacob? You may think, oh yeah, this is my chance to get him. How do you think Jacob feels when he's going to meet Esau? Man, I remember what I did to my brother all those years ago. I think he's still mad at me. I think he's still, you know why some people don't talk to this day? Because they still think after years, this person, why would they want to talk to me? They hate me. Why would they want to? Then on this side, why would this person, why would he want to talk to me? Why would she want to talk to me, right? You always think the worst. And that's why no one comes together. Because over here in your mind, you're thinking you guys hate each other anyway. <laughs> so how are you guys going to talk? Notice what happens here. Genesis chapter 33. And I want you to notice here, and Jacob lifted up his eyes, verse 1, and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men, and he divided the children unto Leah and Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids on their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And he passed before them, and he bowed himself to his brother seven times, and he came near to his brother. So think about Jacob, runs over to his brother, bows down to him seven times, Jacob in his mind thinking my brother's probably going to kill me. He hates me for how I tricked him twice. He hates me after what I did. He, he still hates me, right? But notice what verse 4 said. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. So Jacob was thinking the worst about Esau all these years. But year after year passed by. And all Esau wanted to do was see his brother. And notice verse number four. He ran to meet him right. The exact opposite. Of what Jacob thought Esau would feel. You know the person that you don't talk to today. You know the person that you kind of been avoiding today. They may not feel how they used to feel about you a few years ago. They may feel exactly like Esau. They may run. They may embrace to talk to you. But because in your mind, you think the worst about them, you're not going to talk to them. Because you think the worst. And, and that's easier said than done. I, I understand how hard that is. But remember, you got to believe the best in your brother's. And think about this, years of conflict, years of hurt, years of grudges, years of bitterness. And all that was needed to fix it was I just needed to see you. I just needed to see him, right? And now two brothers are now reunited again. Now notice this. Let's make some application for us. 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now remember what we're talking about. We're talking about do you believe the best in your brethren? You know, sometimes your brothers and your sisters in Christ are going to hurt you. Sometimes your brothers and sisters in Christ are going to do things that you don't get. Sometimes your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not going to understand why they do what they do. But believing the best in them is the first step in resolving conflict. Right? Notice this. 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to look at verse number 7. And this is what love does. Love bears all things. Love believeth all things. Love hopeth all things. And love endureth all things. Now, I want you to notice, if you go to verse number 7, when it says believes all things, what does that mean? I read an article, and I want to read it to you, and this is what he said it meant. He said, this is what believes all things means. The author goes on to say that you believe in the conduct of others. You put the best disposition and you put the best construction on it possible. You believe that in whatever decisions they make, whether you understand them or not, they are actually activated by good motives. That they actually didn't intend any injury. That there is a willingness to suppose that as far as there can be, that there is everything is always done with friendship. Everything's always done with virtue. And it says love produces this. So, if you don't believe the best in your brethren, what are you really producing to them? Are you producing anger? Are you producing bitterness? Are you producing anger? Are you producing envy? Now let, let's let's make a uh, let's make a side note here. When there's sin involved, so when when there's sin involved, that always needs to be handled. Well, well, what do you mean? Remember that the example we talked about before. If you see your brother not acting as the scripture tells them to act, by saying, "Hey, brother, hey, sister, you may want to look at this. Hey, you may want to." That's not showing that you hate them. That's showing that you love them. But here's how some people twist 1 Corinthians 13, 6. When a brother comes to another brother and says, hey, you may want to look at what you're doing. Hey, you might want to look at how you're talking. Hey, you might want to look at how you're acting, right? When a brother comes up to another one, they'll bring up 1 Corinthians 13, 6. And they'll say, well, you're not believing the best in me. Well, I guess you don't really know. I'm telling you because I'm trying to hold you accountable because I want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. You see what I'm saying? So that's how some people actually twist 1 Corinthians 13, 6. So you got to be careful, right? And so here, remember what we're talking about. But this is in terms of when it says all things, notice that same commentator actually want to go back to what he said about all things. He says 
All things, in a sense, at times means private matters between me and another brother or me and another sister, right? So in private matters, you should believe the best in me and I should believe the best in you. And this also means that I'm not to avenge the faults by committing or I'm not to avenge faults committed by others. So if a brother or a sister commits a fault against me, believing all things means I'm not supposed to conjure up something like Esau was going to do and try to get them back. You see what I'm saying? So that's what all things, right? And so think about this once next time you sing my my favorite song of all time. My favorite hymn is The Greatest Commands. I, I love singing that song. And so the next time you sing this, remember it says, love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, and love endures all things. Even though you may not understand why I did what I did. Even though I may not understand why you did what you did. Brethren should still believe. I may not get it, but I think Jordan was trying to do the best. You may not get it, but... Joe or Sally was trying to do the best for me. That's how you believe the best in others. Sometimes it's, it's and that's not easy to do. It's, it's difficult at times, but you must believe the best, right? Notice this last verse uh, in first Corinthians or not first Corinthians in Psalm 133 verse one. And this is the goal. This is the goal of all brethren, right? Psalm 133 verse 1 and it simply says this behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. You know at the school of biblical studies here we're studying the the book of uh, first and second Peter right now and Peter tells us in first Peter that we should love one another fervently Meaning that we should love one another, not with an agenda. We shouldn't love one another. We shouldn't tolerate one another. Oh, I'll give you a hug when I see you. Oh, I'll give you a handshake when I see you. But I'll I'll just do that because everybody else is around. But privately, can you believe he hugged me today? Can you believe that she shook my hand today? You know what I'm saying? That's not the type of love that Peter's talking about. Here in, in 1 Peter, he's saying we should do this. Why? Because at the time in 1 Peter... Those Christians were going through persecution. And Peter's trying to encourage them. You guys are going through so much on the outside. You guys don't need to bring the fight and don't bring that sword on the inside. Because we got a bigger enemy on the outside that we all need to fight. So stop fighting against each other and let's go fight as one out there. And that's what we need today, right? We need to stop fighting within ourselves. Because guess what? I need you. Guess what? You need me. Why? Because we need each other to go fight out there. Can God do great things with one person? Yes. But wouldn't it be awesome if he did better things with a thousand? With all of us? And so how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. So let me ask you this. Have you been believing the best in your brethren? Do you hold your brethren accountable when you have to? 
Those are some self-examining questions that we need to ask ourselves. And I hope that moving forward, that we all can do better. I hope that moving forward, we all can continue to dwell in unity and we continue to fight the good fight together. Thanks, guys.